Welcome to the Sandy Hawn Podcast. What's up, motherfuckers? Woo! All right. My friend Ted Gordon told me I didn't want to lose anyone's attention in the first nine seconds, so hopefully I caught your attention. And I want to thank Ted um, and Maximum Velocity. Ted Gordon's uh, been unbelievable in helping me get this started. It's something I've been thinking about for two weeks nonstop. Uh, I've taken some notes, and I have most of the notes are on my uh, iPod because I can't write very well. Last night, I tried to write, and it's uh, pretty pathetic. My hands shake, and it's hard to read like a three-year-old, but we're going to delve into this, and the first, I'll do some more intro. But the the name of the first podcast is going to be the diagnosis. Uh, before I get started on that, the I guess a formal introduction is uh, again I go by Sandy Hahn, but that's not my real name. Uh, my real name is Alexander David Hahn Jr. After my father, Alexander David Hahn Sr who's a wonderful man and is my hero. I love you, Dad. Love you, Mom, too. Um, and the reason everyone always asked me how I got that nickname, and it was from my grandmother, <coughs> my dad's side, uh, Ruby, who was from Scotland. And uh, when I was a baby, uh, they called me Baby Alex to differentiate between my father and me. And that was my name for, I'm not sure how long, but certainly probably the first year of my life. And then it, they figured, okay, he can't be called Baby Alex the rest of his life. So what else would we call him? And that's where my grandmother, Ruby from Scotland, said the Scottish nickname for Alexander is Sandy. So that's what it's been ever since. Uh, Certainly been called a lot of other things. Uh, only time I get called my real name is when I'm in trouble. And there was a lot of trouble that I got into. And we'll get into that at some point. But for the first one, um, we're going to start with uh, di diagnosis. Actually, one other thing I want to say is that I want to, you know, the reason I'm doing this um, one of the big reasons is it's helping me heal myself. Um, it's been amazing uh, the last few months, and I'm I feel better. Actually, I feel better mentally than I've ever felt in my life. Uh, physically, not as much. I'm still struggling and walking with a cane and just. Walking in general uh, is terrifying. But I'm going to keep fighting back. And again, I feel unbelievably well mentally right now. I'm excited for the future because I've, I've seen it already. It's beautiful. And I can't wait for it. And the other reason I'm doing it, uh, the big reasons are my wife and my children. 
I love them, and I want them to have something to remember me by when I'm gone. And I don't want that to sound depressing uh it's not again i'm i feel fantastic i'm excited to look forward but i could not have said those words uh three months ago and that's because i thought i was dying i really really thought i was dying and i had kind of given up and it, it was just so awful i just wanted it to end but I, I got through it, and I'm here now. And the last few months have been amazing, uh, and we'll talk a lot about that too. And I'm, the other reason, not only I'm healing myself, but I hope that my story and the journey I've been on can help others to help them heal themselves, no matter what it is, whether it's some sort of tragedy, illness, like the horrible one that I have, or depression, or anything, anything. I, you can make it out of it. I did, and that's why I'm here, and if I can do it, anyone can do it, and I'm hoping in listening to this, it will inspire others to, no matter what's going on, don't give up. Do not give up. Again, I did it, and I'm hoping the story will help you do it. Um, I know it can, and I'm hoping I can show you how. So, we will start on September 12th, 9 a.m. I was down uh, downtown at the Cleveland Clinic seeing my neurologist and the week before that I had done a it's called a DAT scan some sort of brain scan where I had to go in and they pumped me full of nuclear material medicine I don't know and I had to let it you know flow throughout my body get up into my brain and they did the scan, and that scan was intentionally designed to uh, look for a disease called multiple system atrophy. And hold on, I'm gonna take a sip of water. And that is not something I had ever even heard of. It's so rare. And the reason he wanted to do that scans because they had done others prior to that, and they had no answers um, to what was potentially wrong. And at that point, I they had no idea. I had no idea, and I actually didn't feel that bad, and I had felt good. Um, for a long time, but that's what they were scanning for. And again, I wasn't had no idea what this was. Didn't even bother looking it up. Uh, and then until after the meeting, 
on September 12th at 9 a.m. was downtown with my wife, and the doctor came in and said, uh, yeah, well, the, uh, the scan came back abnormal, and uh, it is multiple system atrophy, type C. It's type C and type P, cerebellar, Parkinsonian, uh, they're both bad, terrible. But, you know, I'm just always trying to be lighthearted and funny, and I'm going to do that for as long as I can do this podcast, because that's just who I am. I'm, I'm just trying to find humor in everything I do, and especially now, because it's helped me heal. But two and a half years ago, I, I, I lost my sense of humor, and it was horrible. I'm, I'm never going back. But he told me multiple system atrophy. Multiple system atrophy. Sorry, my, I have a hard time speaking at times too, so if I slur my words, I promise you I haven't been drinking. And he was, you know, didn't look thrilled. And I was like, uh, well, because there was all kinds of things there was thinking it could be, and I said, well, at least it's not Parkinson's, and he looked at me and said, uh, I would rather have Parkinson's than what you have, and I was like, hmm, okay, uh, well, at least it's not MS, and he says, uh, no, it's, it's much worse, and my first reaction is I wanted to say, fuck you very much, but I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because he's a great man. He's been very helpful. But then I honestly, it didn't register because he sort of patted me on the back and said, I'll, I'll leave you two alone and look at my wife. And again, it didn't, it didn't register. I just didn't know what to think, and that's I still thought, well, this, this is a good thing. So I even, we got in the car, drive home, and I remember calling someone on my cell phone and saying, yeah, it's MSA. It's short, muscle system atrophy, and you can look it up on the Internet. That's what I had to do. You can't look up MSA. You have to look at multiple system atrophy for it to come up. And that's what I did when I got home. And it's awful. Yeah, it's, and that was maybe the first time it kind of hit me. But I still, I felt fine. So I was like, yeah, not a big deal. And if you read about it, it's, uh, it's terminal. And the life expectancy is six to ten years, again, according to Google. And uh, it says it's that long from when your symptoms started. And I've, if I have to be honest, my symptoms started six years ago. Um, and they were mild. Nothing I ever... Didn't think it was wrong. I thought maybe I had vertigo or started to get migraines, just making me not feel great. But it wasn't very often. It was once in a while. 
and I remember it was <clears throat> 2016, and it was at a Indians playoff game, and with my wife and some friends, and had uh, I'm sure drank too much. I do that a lot, or used to anyway. And when we were leaving t to get me to leave the game, we were walking out, and I couldn't walk. <coughs> it was very difficult. I had my wife and friend had to help support me just to get out the car. And I got home, went to bed, just thought, okay, I drank too much. And I was fine the next day. And then nothing for a while. And then just... Here and there, something would happen, and I'd just feel a off. But, again, I didn't think it was anything, and God knows I certainly didn't think it was this horrible disease. I couldn't have never, never imagined it. So I looked that up and, and started doing more research, and it's depressing, but, again, I, I felt fine. And then I remember coming downstairs one day and seeing my wife sitting on the couch talking to someone she was crying. And we're walking down like, hey, what's, what are you so upset about? And she kind of looked at me and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm fine. This, uh, it's not going to be a big deal. And then I... Uh, continued to do more research, and she did a ton. She's a trooper. She found support groups. And we were talking about that. and But even now, I'm like, I don't want to be part of a support group. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine. And till I wasn't fine, and it didn't take long. And I'm sure it was, you know, reading about this stuff and researching. I'm like, ooh. It's not good. So, I, I was September 12th diagnosis, and by the end of the month, uh, after reading this so much about this horrible disease, and uh, pretty quickly, I, w I wasn't sleeping a whole lot. I was up all night. And that's when the anxiety and depression kicked in. I'd never had that in my life. Never had a reason to. I had a wonderful life, and hopefully we can talk about that at some point. I had a lot of funny stories. I did a lot of dumb shit in my life, and I did it because I just wanted to make people laugh, and I always wanted to try do anything to accomplish that and it worked worked a lot but it didn't work a lot of times because I crossed the line too much and I can be very offensive and uh, I got a definitely have a potty mouth but I'm going to try again not to delve into that too much so the depression, anxiety, you know, again, I never had it. 
I'm sure I had little bits of it through my life, you know, depressed about something here, anxious about something coming up. But, you know, I think everyone has that occasionally, but not at this level. This was overwhelming. And I'd always read about people with depression and you see the commercials, and I was just like, come on, snap out of it. Can't be that bad. But it is. Um, it was unbelievable. And it's all I could think about. And I couldn't fall asleep. And so, because the anxiety, and then I'd be so tired in the morning, I didn't sleep, and then start feeling depressed. It, it's just a vicious cycle. I think they both, they go hand in hand. It certainly did for me. So, and I ended up uh, starting to walk with a cane. It, it happened that, that quick. It's amazing what your mind can do to your body. And it's usually from stress that does bad things. But uh, through the journey I went to, especially the last three months, I've discovered how to mentally change and heal myself from within. And that's another thing that we'll talk about more at some point. But so it was October by then, and one of my wife's best friends from high school uh, my wife's from Detroit, and she knew a neurologist. Hold on one second. And she found out that he was doing a, a trial drug for MSA. So I figured, what the heck, let's go talk to him. And we went, drove up, my wife came with me, spent, uh, I don't know, it was at least an hour or two with this doctor. And they did blood work and they had all kinds of questions. And so I, I told them uh, everything they wanted to know. And, and they were kind of uh, I don't know what the word is like. Almost treating me like a little child, like they were so grateful that I was going to do this trial. And and we're kind of like, you know, it, it's it could really help future generations. And I thought to myself, oh, so what you're saying is, I'm fucked. But take this drug and. Maybe we'll, we'll see some improvement that'll help others, but yeah, you're you're screwed. And uh, that took me back a little bit, and then and, and they were gonna pay me to go up there and pay for meals and hotels and all the stuff and just money wasn't a lot, but. Uh, And 
then I met lots of questions and talking through him. And I I met the neurologist. And he was uh, very dry, very serious. And I get it. They have to be that way. And, but I'm not. And so I tried to talk to him. And, you know, I went through the story about when I first got the diagnosis and what I said, well, at least not Parkinson's. And no, it's bad. And at least it's not MS. And that. That's worse, and kind of like, you believe that? You believe that shit? And he wasn't laughing, and I said, well, at least it's uh, MSA type C, and not type P. So I think that might be good, right? And he looked at me, and he just said, uh, it's just varying degrees of bad. And that Again, another punch to the solar plexus, and uh, it's hard to hard to hear that, hard to face your own mortality. But so they they finished up, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna do this, and we need to come back, and they schedule, and and." They wanted me to do a spinal tap, which uh, I, at first I'm like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, well, you know, I have to, but it would really be helpful. I just said, okay, well, I'll consider it if I do this. And then we finished up. And oh, the other thing they told me was that you know, this is an FDA trial. And I guess the reason they were so happy to have someone even try it is because this, this disease is so rare that big pharma doesn't really care about it. They can't make any money off it. You know, they're spending millions on cancer and Parkinson's and MS because a lot of people have that. And if they find have anything that can help with it, then... They're going to make a lot of money. Uh, not MSA. There's just not that many people with it. So, but they had this one. And again, they're talking about how it's an FDA trial. And that in order to do an FDA trial and a drug, 50% of the participants have to be given a placebo and and I wouldn't have known whether I was given the placebo for a year and a half a year of the trial and then the testing afterwards so I was <coughs> excuse me <coughs> I was like well I don't know about that Sorry, <clears throat> dry mouth. So, uh, again, I wasn't, didn't really like that, but I figured, you know, what the heck. And so I went, went home, and they 
called, I think, a few days later. And like, okay, well, we've gone through all the the sheets, all the information, blood tests, and and we have a few issues. You know, they were telling me what I can do and what I can't do. And one of those things was smoking weed, uh, which I love to do. I do it every day. Don't smoke as much anymore because my lungs have a hard time, but I eat gummies. I love it. So I basically said to them, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. And that was the end of that. And I was uh, still really struggling and wasn't, again, not walking well at all. And was trying to take certain medicines for depression, anxiety, and they didn't seem to be doing a damn thing. So, uh, and the symptoms seemed to be progressing. And it was horrifying. And it was everything from the stiffness in my legs. Uh, so hard to walk. And people would ask me a lot, uh, is there, is it painful? And I'd say, no, it's not painful. The, the only painful part is to my ego because I just can't do things that I used to do. I had to stop golfing. Uh, just normal things were difficult. I used to cook my wife and kids' meals all the time. I loved cooking, but now my hands are shaking. And even lopped off the tip of my finger. And it was hard to balance. And, you know, I always standing over stove cooking and frying food and afraid that I'm gonna slip and fall into it so I had to stop that and then the, sh the shakes the shaking was just uncontrollable and the the speech was going uh, it's hard to swallow um, you know, the, the balance is just awful. It still is. But the stiffness was the main thing. And I often describe to people, it's, it's, it feels kind of like when you get your blood pressure taken and they put that cuff on your arm and your bicep and they pump it up and it gets very hard to move. And... You know, it's only like that for 30 seconds, and then you're fine. Well, it felt like I had two giant cuffs around my legs, fully blown up, and it was all the time. And it just, you know, I felt a lot of times, it's always hard to get up in the morning. Mornings are worse. It takes me 
two hours to get out of bed. I got to stretch. And it's, uh, it's like that all the time. But it's not, not a lot of pain in there. Again, the pain is just uh, my own ego not being able to do all the things that I love doing. So from there, I was uh, searching, trying to figure out what what else is there. And, you know, my neurologist basically said, uh, well, you got to make sure you ride the bike for at least 30 minutes a day. And I'm like, that's it? Nothing else? Because there's nothing. There's nothing to cure this disease. And I remember he uh, he mentioned a drug that he used for Parkinson's. It's called Carbidopa Levodopa, which is a mouthful. I think Simonet is the regular name, but my wife and I had always referred to as a Oompa Loompa drug. And I did not I wasn't sure about it because he, what he said was that, you know, you could try this. Um, it's not going to cure disease or, or slow it down, but it could help with some symptoms like the stiffness and the shaking. And he goes, that's what's done for a good percentage of people with Parkinson's. But the only issue is that with what you have, uh, it could make it worse, which, of course, I said, well, why the hell would I do that? I don't know. It's already bad. So I I didn't take it. Uh, I am now. Um, and it, it does help. It is helping with some symptoms, but, again, it's not slowing them down. But I didn't. I refused to take that and started searching for any other options. And then uh, that led me to uh, holistic medicine. And that's going to be the topic of my next podcast. But uh, it's all I really have now. It's... uh, Holistic medicine, I would have said, was a bunch of hooey uh, prior to this diagnosis. And then when there's nothing else available, you'll try anything. And I did. I tried everything. And we'll get into that in a lot more details. Um, some was fun, some it wasn't. But that will be... Uh, the next podcast, uh, I have a list that I formatted with text Ted's advice, and I came up with about 20 different topics, and I remember when we were talking, it was like, well, do you think each one can go a half an hour? And I said, I'm not sure, maybe I have to combine two into, two into one, but the first one, uh, I think we're 
get close to a half an hour. So uh, we did it for the first one. So thank you for listening. I'm going to do another one, and we're going to set something up. I don't know what. I rely on Ted for that to try and get comments and feedback because I'd love to hear it, especially from other people who might be dealing with something. And be nice to know that maybe this is helping them heal as well. So that's it for now, and we'll start another one shortly. Thanks. <laughs>